Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Gearman Steve. What is up, Andy? How you doing today? Oh, not too much. Um, Vance is out tonight. That's that's I know that. Um, Todd's a maybe. We're gonna find out. Maybe we'll do another <laughs> like a Greg Thomas Vance drop in. Only maybe Todd. We're we're gonna find out. But um, th- this show this show is probably gonna be pretty fun. Steve and I. Over the week of the fourth, we got out fishing three times. Yeah, it's almost a new record, man. Three times. Three times, and mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think. Was it three or was it two? Let's see. We did the creek trip. We did the walleye trip. Uh, you uh, maybe two. You went out once on your own. I went out once on my own. So we okay. we did three times, but only two of the three were together. Right, and but we also had some other adventures uh, with with boats and. Uh, oh, absolutely! Yeah, we, we had adventures with boats. So, um, yeah. Anyways, let's get this kicked off with uh, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Fat Az Musky Products. FatAzMusky dot com is the website. You can also um, find us on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to be making a Facebook post so. This is just going to kind of be like a wrap up of when we actually go fishing, but um, <laughs> I, I'm going to—I might as well hit this one up now. So, a, a yearly tradition. How long has it been going on? At least three, maybe four years. With mm. I, I give your your girls um, bait blanks, and oh, they yeah, will, this is the third. Yep. Okay, third year, and it's 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 a nice little fun activity. I will you know get them a bait blank, and they will paint it. To however they want and it's it's done with a paintbrush mm-hmm. and the last couple of years i've been giving an extra one to let steve do his own <laughs> yep <laughs> and uh sometimes like last year was the first year it was an inspiration for a show color and uh that you sold out on didn't you we did we did sell out you wanted it to More be proud. purple rain yeah i called it purple perch right so um, so it was a sellout color. <laughs> it was. I think I did like three or four of them, and you got one of them. Yeah, well, either way, it sold out. Okay? It you did. don't have to tell the details. <laughs> okay, well, so anyways. Anyway, so fun stuff happens there, and it, it seems to be – I'm trying to – the first year that your girls did it, it kind of escaped me exactly what they did. But last year, there was a landscape theme that they would mm-hmm. do. This yep. year – it was kind of all over the the board there, but they had some really cool ideas. So I'm I'm bringing that up because I'm going to try to here sometime soon get these epoxied, mm. get them assembled, and just be on the lookout. You know, don't expect it tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> the creativity of children, and where does it go when you become an adult? Because it is fun when I, I occasionally I'll give my kids a bait blank and I'll let them do something, but like your your daughters are like veterans at this point, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's very interesting to see how there's no limitations in their brains and and they just let yeah. it all let it all out there and and this was the the coolest year that they've had. Well, and, and the sad thing is, the first year you did it with them they really didn't understand that level of freedom. So they ended up producing what would be almost standard patterns. Like they'd paint it light blue with pink polka dots or something. You know what I mean? There was the, 
your creativity wasn't there because I kind of steered it towards there was the, the traditional approach because that's what I knew. So they're like, well, what should we paint daddy? So I'm showing them pictures of lures and they're kind of copying it last year when the, the blanks came, uh, I, I, the, the constraints weren't really on them. So they just went with like a, one was a waterfall with a deer. And on the other side, uh, there was a bear, was a bear. And, and, and layers of a forest that even yeah. though it was done to a kid's level, there were layers there that even opened my eyes like, oh, there's more to it than it looks. Yeah, yeah. And then so then they went on to um, I think one was a sunset, one was like a boat scene, you know, and then me, I did my old traditional uh, purple it was black with like purple uh, perch patterns with a white top. Simple. I'm stuck because I'm not creative. Uh, but this year, like you said, they <laughs> they just went uh, full scale. Out of the box, uh, what you would never think of, anybody would put on a lure, but man, some of them were cool. And then I did my weak design that, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I tried, but uh, it's, it's nowhere near their level. So my my eight year old and ten year old, twelve year old have way more creativity and artistic ability than what I can uh, create. <laughs> I, I I'm not here to pass judgment, but <laughs> they were playing chess and you were playing checkers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> but so, anyway. But I got to tell you, I appreciate you doing that every year for them because it's kind of becoming that uh, tradition when we come up. They're like, whoa, you know, painting, painting the, the lures is uh, something they look forward to. So I, I can't thank you enough for that. Cause, yeah, and I was uh, pretty lax the last yeah. time. It took like nine months to get them back. Hey, you're a busy man. You know, you got a lot of things happening. So I, no I know, but still, like, it, it's hard for kids to wait, and I, I should I should do better. But anyways, <laughs> be on the lookout on the Facebook page and, and maybe even Instagram um, for for that. And just, it's refreshing to see. So um, <laughs> uh, moving on from there. Well, okay, you can find the baits, um, Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Tackle online, Hogan's Hut and O'Donnell Sports Shop, uh, brick and mortar. So... Okay, so moving on, we have Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. They're fishing uh, Chautauqua Lake. That's Todd and Vance. Um, pretty much like if you guys have been listening, the last few years, they've been pretty pretty solid booked. and um, But that doesn't mean you might not get uh, – you might be able to still wiggle in. So uh, reach out to them, you know, call Todd, text them something, you know, the Facebook page – anything reach out you know they do some evening trips and you know they're flexible they're going to do their best and uh it should be an enjoyable experience there uh while you're fishing with uh muddy creek fishing guides they use st croix rods best rods on earth and um you know we've we've talked at lengths about them and uh you know you can find them at many of the big retailers and you can go pick them up and test them and feel them and you know, get a good idea what, what it's all about. So, you know, that's, that's a huge bonus there and have a great warranty and, uh, mostly made in America. Uh, also, uh, you'll be fishing out of Ranger boats. So, uh, you know, if you're in the market for a boat right now, I think the markets are, you know, supply chains are kind of starting to even out, but you know, be sure to look at Ranger boats. They're fishing out of the angler series and Steve and I are fishing out of a fisherman series. Granted they're 18, 20 years old, but that's okay. Yep. And, um, so big thanks to, uh, Ranger and Vix Marine. So if you're in our area, stop in Vix Marine, big Ranger dealer, 
Uh, they have a good use section when they, well, I don't want to say they have a good use section. They have used when they have used. So, I mean, it's not like you can order a used boat in. It's usually trade-ins and stuff. But, um, you know, sales and service, you know, great people there. Uh, thanks to uh, Vix Marine. And Aquatraction. So, we got a funny little story about Aquatraction. So, yes, my boat got out of the garage, and um, we're going to talk about this trip. I don't know how much we're going to dwell on it, but we got we, – we were out rotting in my boat. Um, <laughs> it, it was a brutal day. I mean, we didn't, we didn't stick with it all too long. We kind of saw the writing on the wall, and um, but basically – I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom in real quick on a little snippet here. We were on Erie, we were trying to catch our yearly uh, our yearly limit. Uh, it's the tradition we have. And now, when you say yearly limit, limit, make sure you clarify it's walleye. We're not keeping musky here. So. I'd keep a musky on that day. I mean, we needed yeah. something. <laughs> it was it was so bad. We felt uh, it was it was a huge hit to the ego. But yep. Anyways. There was a point to where, you know, there's flies that are out in the middle of this lake. And it, it, it boggles my mind that there are flies miles and miles and miles away from land. And yeah. there, was a, there was a point in time. Now, this, this is going to come back to aqua traction here very quickly. And um, a fly, like, must have bit Steve, and he swatted it. And, uh, you know, he, he made it sound like, you know, like, ah, and hit it. Like, it bit him. And it kind of fell to the ground, but it was... It, it, it wasn't mortally wounded at that point. So then it, it turns into that foot stomping race. Who can stomp it quicker? And when we, I think it was your foot that got on it first. And, uh, when your shoe was removed from the area of the fly, there was a blood stain. And I'm like, good thing we got aqua traction. That'll, that fly's blood will wash right out. And you said, that's probably my blood. Well, and the wild thing was this, these goofy little flies that suck your blood. I can't believe how much blood came out of that little thing when we stomped it. It, it, I mean, it looked like it had to have been seventy percent. That the fly's total volume was seventy percent blood. Well, and like I said, it was probably mine. That sucker was sucking on my calf. I kept chasing away till uh, we we finally burst his belly. But the beauty is that the aqua traction did not stain. That's right. right out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it, my blood is no longer left in the bottom of your boat. Well, and here's the best part was is that it was clean before we even got in because I washed the floor with my tears. It was so bad. Yeah, for, yeah, from our fishing outing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, anyways, aqua traction. If you're looking for an upgrade on your uh, boat floor, you know, you could probably do it for a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, it's not just limited to uh, boats, but um, it it's really nice. It's easy on the uh, the back and the legs and stuff like that. Just enough give. You know, it's uh, closed cell polyethylene foam. You know, we just talked about the stain resistance. It doesn't absorb water. It dries out in a snap. It it's it's some nice stuff, and I'm really enjoying mine. If you happen to be in our area, look up AMF Marine. Uh, an email is Nick at AMF Marine. Nick is the owner. So um, you can also look up their website and and what have you there. Uh, Aqua Traction is, you know, obviously sold by more than one person. So if you're not in our area, look up Aqua Traction and, uh, you know, reach out. This is like a built-to-your-boat kind of thing, and it's it's a great upgrade over carpet and vinyl. So be sure to check it out. Yeah. All right, Steve, what's up? What's your plug? Oh, well, uh, the same old SH Fish and Sticks, always uh, producing custom 
builds for me and and uh and, and feeding my gear obsession and, and you mentioned saint croix again he's a uh, works a lot on St. Croix blanks and just produces incredible rods and reels and fly rods and musky rods and bass rods and anything you want and any off the wall design like I've given him over the years. He's more than more than happy to do. So uh, if you're ever looking for that uh, customization and want to take your your fishing experience to the next level, SH Fishing Sticks and uh, Scott will help you out. So there we go. Perfect. All right. So, uh, with, with, without uh, Vance and Todd right now, mm-hmm. it, we're going to actually be te- retelling the story to each other and uh, <laughs> just kind of bringing up the ups and downs, some things that we've learned. And yep. uh, I, I hope that, you know, I hope you find this one enjoyable because I don't normally, I'm not usually on the end of the mic that has a fishing story or, you know, Steve occasionally does. But, anyways, yeah. um, okay. So, Let's see here. You got, let's see, the fourth was on a Monday. So right. that would have been third, the second. When did you, second was Saturday. When when did you get into town? It was Saturday, not Saturday, but it was late. So it wasn't effectively till Sunday. Okay. And with just how everything goes, you know, that that is the week. If, if you know, if people don't remember, uh, we, we shut our, our machine shop down for the week. Um, it's a nice little break. We look forward to it. It's a nice time to hit reset. And, you know, give the guys, you know, something to, you know, kind of look forward to middle of the year. And um, so I start off Saturday, you know, nine days ahead of me. You know, oh, this is going to be great, this and that. And, you know, I'm looking long-term forecasts and, you know, trying to watch the wind and what have you. And, um, you know, I ended up doing some – I did some house stuff Saturday, Sunday. You know, next thing you know – um that first weekend's done and I'm like, Hey, I think I'm going to go out fishing Monday morning. And I kind of hit you up late and you know, like we hadn't done a whole lot of talking prior to you actually making the trip North. And, uh, I don't remember what the, what the reason was, but like, like you couldn't go. Well, and so, you know, the the 4th of July before we go, there's a lot of events for the kids and they have, the kids parades and, and they had a chalk drawing contest on the sidewalk. So from a standpoint of the family portion of the vacation, uh, it was just dedicated to that all day and, and, and just being with the girls. And so, because when we do our fishing adventures, I'll be it in the morning, sometimes depending on how we're doing, um, you know, we, we might not return till noon. And, and then by that time, all those events are over. So I by that to, time, to there is a lawyer and the divorce, divorce papers are signed by one party. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think it would ever get that bad. But long story short, I, I you know, I have to be mindful of the family as well. Why do you get my little adventures in uh, outside of that? But, yeah, so that, that's part of the reason why I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I wasn't going to push the issue hard. And, you know, I, I kind of, I'll be honest. As much as I talk about, you know, you want to do the six by six, and in order to do six by six, you got to be out there before six, yeah. and yeah. to be out there before six, you need to beat the rest of the crowd, or you're going to be fighting everybody. And it ends up being I set my alarm for two thirty, and I go to bed at like eleven thirty. Yeah. It just doesn't. It it sucks. I mean, there's yeah, there's right no way there. around it. It and it's harder every year, but yeah. it, it sucks. But I know that if I don't do it those fish aren't going to be in my freezer. This is a walleye trip. And, um, 
anyways, I set the alarm. I woke up bright eyed, bushy tailed. I hooked up the boat and you know, everything looked good. And I'm like, you know what? I just hope this is going to be one of those banger days. And, um, you know, so I get up there. I, I, I am launched and like starting to head out of the Marina at three 45 in the morning. And believe it or not, I was the third boat there. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm heading out, you know, and I'm at that, that hour and that, you know, density of people in boats. I think I was the first one out of the Marina. So I wasn't too generally concerned. I just like, okay, I'm going to point this thing in a direction and go. So I kind of go in, in the area that, you know, they were saying the fish were hitting and I get my rod set up and got a couple dipsies and a flat line and I'm just pulling along with the trolling motor, you know, the bow mount. I, I shut off the main motor and I forget exactly like how it happened. It took a while. I had a, I had a hit and, uh, I, I struggled initially. It was, it was getting frustrating because I have high expectations even even with all my belly aching, there are people be like, that's probably the best fishing day I've ever heard of. But I struggled. I lost like, oh gosh. I, I'm going to be mixing up a couple trips here, but I dropped so many fish. I, I Yeah, this was the one. The, I got one. Okay, so in the first four fish that came in, I lost three of them at the back of the boat and w- I got one of them. And one of them at the back of the boat, the fish was in the net. And I was fumbling to put the, the, the rod down and it wiggled and flopped. I'm not going to say it jumped because walleye are not known for their acrobat skills, but it got out of the net. Yeah. And I was just, I, I could have turned around. I was, I was so mad. <laughs> so anyways, you know, I, the, what's that? Well, the challenging thing is just always fishing alone. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about muskie as we go on some of our trips, but just even fishing alone catching the fish trying to maneuver with a net it's just it's not an easy gig so you know but like you mentioned it's 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 so frustrating when you're dropping these fish particularly if they're already in the net but you're trying to maneuver to get them into the boat so so that's why it's always and again i know you why you asked and because when we're together we're we have a little bit more coordination and reeling and netting um (laughs) well if we we don't it's a it's nothing but jokes so well Uh, so anyways, it it was just frustrating. And, you know, I, I kind of tied up a little bit longer than normal leaders this year. And, and that, that I think was screwing with me because once I get up to the Dipsy and I have a little too much line for my rod, it's Uh, like, I'm doing one like that, the classic, you know, fly fishing, you know, like cartoon sketch type thing where the guy has his arm back and the, the lines, uh, the, the rods bent really hard and it's like way yeah. up and he's like trying to scoop that trout that's still jumping perfectly. Yeah. Like the Orvis logo where the guy's hands straight up with the rod bent, like the tip's going to break. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So anyways, I kind of shake that off and then I keep going. I pick one up here, pick one up there and you know, and I know it's not a race, but I really, really want to be coming in before the, the, the circus starts trying to launch. And being that it's a fish for free day in Pennsylvania, there are a couple days a year where it's not required to have a fishing license. Mm-hmm. And those days, I never thought that was like any kind of like real thing to be like, oh, today's our day to go fishing because I don't have to pay 12 bucks or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it works. I don't know. That boggles my mind. Just pay the money and then fish any day you want. 
But instead, these people literally wait till the day they can <laughs> not get busted. Yeah. So it's it's getting it's starting to get light out. And, you know, I'm doing all this like with a headlamp. You know, yeah. like I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, no sense in wasting this headlamp's energy. I just shut off and I sit there and, you know, I try to listen and try to hit it just right in the reflection of the water, the tips and you know, the anchor lights kind of given a, you know, a little bit of a shine down. And But anyways, it's starting to get to where I don't need that anymore. And it was just like, it was like Forrest Gump. It was all of a sudden there's nothing, you know, you're catching a tin can and a, and a, and a really ugly looking shrimp. To where it's just the nets are full. It was, <laughs> it turned into pandemonium, and I don't know if it was lighting, I don't know if it was location. It wasn't baits. It wasn't speed. It was none of that because I was doing the same thing. Same thing, yeah. But it just got to the point to where I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with rods. You know, running three rods, and you're like, oh, this one popped a 250 foot flat line. Okay, here we go. I'm reeling that, and then I watch a dipsy buckle i watch the other dipsy buckle and i'm trying to reel one in and i'm like all right you start having to make these judgment calls you're like okay i got a fish on in my hand i look down at the counter it's 210 feet back and i look at these dipsies at 100 feet back (laughs) well in the time that i could reel in this one fish i could probably reel in both of these fish (laughs) but this one's in my hand right now so what what do you do you know there's only there's only you only have two hands and uh, so I ended up, I, I, I did okay. I, I did okay. I didn't get them all in, but I got at least one in. So let's just leave it at that. And then uh, <laughs> finally I get the last fish. And then I got, it was like 545. I put number six in the cooler and I'm clearing the last two rods and I bring in two more. And so essentially you could say I brought eight fish you could technically say I had nine fish because of the mm-hmm. one that jumped out. In so I, I released that fish that jumped out of the net, and then mm-hmm. I released the last two that when I was bringing in the rods. Yeah. And um, overall, it was a it was a pretty decent pretty decent morning. I know that if I would have had another person in the boat, <laughs> it, it would we we would have been home easily by yeah. seven a.m. Um, Sorry, buddy. See, I let you down. (laughs) Well, see, this is important because, like, I'm now like my ego's inflated a little bit. Let's let's be honest. I'm like I'm out here. I'm just. It doesn't matter what I do. These fish are coming in. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I lose some, but that's okay. That's like, you know, I've got this big giant bag of money, and there's a little tear, and pennies are falling out. Yeah, I'm losing a couple. Who cares? But (laughs) no, I mean. I was feeling good. I get back in, get home, fillet up the fish, get cleaned up, walk back in the house, and still no one's awake. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. It's a good feeling, but it quickly fades as you like are a zombie for the next six hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I'm feeling good. And uh, that was that was the kickoff. That was around, that was Monday, Monday the 4th. And... Did you get to go out at all? You you played around with your boat. No, I my 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 fishing didn't really get started till later in the week. But the, your boating the big challenge. Well, the big challenge for me is w- when we go up. Um, there's a lot of us to go up. My nieces and nephews go up, and and so there's a lot of, of family members up there. And in part of the attraction 
of this vacation is the tubing that we can do off my boat. So my nieces and nephews were all looking forward to this tubing, but the dang boat wasn't working right. Um, so it kind of limited what I could even do, um, even from a fishing realm. And so the first part of my week until uh, that part was solved, and it was solved by someone um, on this podcast that wasn't me. And so once that was corrected, then well, I got some you know, okay, capabilities. Okay, let's, let's talk about it because there's probably yeah. someone else going through the same issue. What, what was happening to the boat? So I took it out at the beginning of the year, uh, do some spring smallmouth bass fishing, and it started off strong, and then it kept, um, while I was kind of on plane, it would surge a little bit, like slow down, the RPMs would, would drop, and the boat would just slow down and then kind of speed up. And then every time, as the day kept going, it kept getting worse and worse to the point at the end of the day, it just it took forever to get on plane. It, it wasn't going above like 30 miles an hour when it usually can get it into the high 40s. RPMs were just odd. It was idling weird. I, so I'm thinking, is there a leak in the, the fuel line? Is is my fuel filter clogged? Is the fuel pump uh, not working? Those kind of things. So those were kind of what were on my mind. So after that, I brought it back. I checked the, the, the fuel lines. I couldn't find any leaks. But um, it's driving you nuts because you know it has to be fuel. Well, yeah, you're, you're thinking something with the fuel it looks like, you know, again, air in the lines. I keep trying to pump the ball, but just so many things that I, I didn't know. And then you start thinking like grand scale repair costs if it's not that something simple. Yeah. yeah you spun a main um, bearing and guess what you're going to be doing? It's, it's, yeah. it's crankshaft time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, the poor boat. And then I just, because I don't get to, to use it as much, it's not like I could go out the next day and fix it. It sits there for like three or four weeks till I get to use the thing again. And, and now there's a lingering problem that I, I that don't have much we, time to even solve. though you might have a good time when you're driving home, it's in the back of your mind like crap. This is this is not yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the challenge I had. So again, uh, going back up into that, that vacation week and having a boat that I still don't know what's wrong with it, and family members like, hey, can, can we go tubing? And it's like, well, I can barely get up on plane. I doubt I'm going to really get up on plane with dragging you. You know. Then, so what was it? It it was sometime middle. Th this week went by in such a blur. Oh, yeah. It's like I was doing two things, like two things a day. And, and people are like, yeah. oh, I do a lot of things. Yeah. But I do something in the morning and then I do something completely different in the afternoon. And you do that enough times. You're like, I don't even know what what's heads or tails. And yeah. somewhere middle of the week, <clears throat> not Monday, yeah. it could have been it might have been Tuesday. I said I, I, I came up. You're like, we got to meet. I want you to check out the boat. So <clears throat> let's just say it was Tuesday. Not that it matters. Go up and uh, you're launching the boat or whatever. And well, I, I go and take a look at it. Like, okay, let's kind of take a look at what, what you got yeah. going on here and, and, and see. I kind of poke around, prod, nothing. There's no smoking gun here. So let's um, let's get this thing in the water. So hop, you know, we drive down to the launch. I hop in the boat. You, you bump off and... Uh, I put the motor down and I, I started it to me. It started hard and I'm like, man, I, I just got this feeling. Anyone that's been around motors enough kind of can get this feel. And I'm like, I don't think this is fuel. I'm like, I think he, a cylinder dropped out, not, not catastrophic, but I'm like something, something's up here. I think he's running on five. And so he hops in the boat. Steve does. And we get out of no wake and I'm like, okay, here we go. I start throttle, throttle, throttle. And, you know, the thing's still running, but I'm like, yeah. man, this is embarrassing. 
just like how 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 bad a six you're like oh five out of six isn't bad it's it makes it hard it's like this thing you're you're doing everything you can and like the rpms wouldn't go above four thousand and i'm like this this doesn't this is bad and anyways we work it out i'm like listen bring this over I don't even know what day, but it might have yeah, been Thursday. Well, Bring it over Thursday. <clears throat> we're we're gonna get this thing figured out. So I'm like, I I, I I broached the thing. I'm like, listen, this is I really believe this is a a spark. Hopefully it's a spark related issue. You're 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 running on five, not six. So that kind of like then changed like the tune of trying to track down fuel lines because it's hard to fix where there's no problem. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I had some just basic tests that I wanted to do at at the pole barn here, and then uh, between then and between the test drive and actually fixing it, we we ended up going on. Uh, you know, we we actually double dip that day. I thought we we fished in the morning, yeah. we fished in the afternoon, we played with boats in the midday or late <laughs> afternoon. No, that's right, because we went in the morning. Um, and you were having problems with your engine. <laughs> well, okay, so yes, that I I now remember. We uh, we'll, we're going to get to that. Well, when I was on Erie a couple times, and I was mm-hmm. I was heading in, I thought that I was starting to feel the surge, kind of like Steve was describing, except it was in the very tip top of the RPM, and but but for the most time, you know, most part, it's not just drive it wide open for the sake of driving it wide open, but. I don't drive it that much, so I do like to spin it fast to get you know, blow some of the cobwebs out of it. And going back into into the dock, I'm like, man, this thing just seems like I'm feeling it just a little bit, but eh, it could be the wave action in the lake. And you know, it was in the back of my mind, but I'm like, if I pull it back just a little bit, it doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I could, I had full power to get up on plane. You know, so it was lingering, but it, it wasn't, you know, really causing me any loss of sleep. So we launch uh, on the river. In the morning, yeah. In the morning. And, um, and man, that's peaceful. Especially that midweek. Awesome. There was no boats. There was no kayaks. There was nothing. And that was nice. we kind of, you know, this was, it's been dang near six years since I've been on it. And kind of trying to refigure the structure, and we're we're kind of power fishing our way down. A lot of no news, a lot of just plain vanilla, nothing really happening. I'm showing uh, this is the first time Steve's been on the creek, and I was showing him all the historical landmarks that you know that have I've told stories over the years, and we're kind of getting down to, towards Jimmy's house, if everyone remembers Jumping Jimmy, and uh, I'm kind of you know explaining this and that and. Like what was it? You had a follow or? Nah, I hooked one up. Okay, and then I lost them back to, into the boat. Okay, so but the thing that was weird was this was a spot that seem is seemingly less interesting from a structure standpoint. Yeah, the creek is kind of changing from muddy bottom to a rocky bottom, and this I guess if you were to kind of like take a knife and run it right down the middle of the creek and cross sectioned it you could almost call this like a hump because it mm-hmm. shallowed up and then it got a little deeper, but we're not talking like a lot. We're talking, it might be six, eight feet on the upstream side and maybe four feet on the downstream side. This thing bumps up to maybe two and a half feet. 
Yeah. Nothing really crazy. There was a little bit of weeds. The weed growth this year was is is not great. I, I've seen it worse, but not great. Not what I was hoping for. And uh, flow flow was average, and we're, we kind of drift through this area, and it was just weird that he said that he had hooked up, and you know there there was some commotion and stuff. It wasn't like I didn't believe him, but it was just an odd spot. Like it it, it rung to me as is this is that didn't seem right because we're coming up on onto like in my eyes it was it had like a golden halo glowing when I was looking down because I'm like I just had great history with this spot and we kind of get down there and um you know we, we we drifted through where he had a hookup and we get down to Jimmy's house and uh of all things he had a small mouth come out of the the dismal weed beds and, and smash into the bait and go back down and yeah. You know, that used to be, you know, at, at that back in the day when you had a good good rainfall and good clarity and the weeds could actually establish this was a beautiful, beautiful weed bed that was that you could work a lot of baits through and it held a lot of fish and it just it wasn't there. So we're pulling ourselves back up with the trolling motor. And we're we're fishing now like the other side of the creek. And, you know, nothing's really happening and then we're going up to about the area Steve had a hookup. And all of a sudden, a little snot rocket comes, comes, you know, hitting the tail of the, of my swimmer. And I'm like, holy crap, that, why is, it could have been the same fish. I don't know. We will yeah. never know. But I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of crazy. And, you know, the, 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 the little, it bumps the excitement level up. I'm like, hey, Steve, start casting through here. I saw which way it went. And, you know, I don't care if we catch a 22-incher. That's neat. Yeah. And, uh. You know, we kind of fished that for a minute, and I turn out the other side of the boat, and I launch a cast, and a sub-30, probably like a 26, 27-ish, you know, bigger than the first fish, came in and whacked the swimmer as well. And by this time, like, we're starting to piece this together. There's some fish sitting in this area, and this, it, after fishing miles of river, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, Three encounters. Could have been two different fish, but we're just going to call encounters. Three encounters. Yep. Steve got hit. I got hit twice. And I'm like, okay, what what the heck is happening here? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch up baits. So, you know, now we're kind of like camp out mode. What what can we do? And um, I I switch out to spinner bait. Like, that's not happening. So then I switch up to a six-inch soft tail raptor. And... One, I don't even know how many casts I had. It could have been the first cast. It could have been the last cast. I don't know. I had. It was early. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't fish that bait terribly long, but yeah, it was it was early, and um, it's just because the weeds were so close to the surface, they blended in real well. They were really dark and blacky in color that you you could kind of see them, but you it wasn't the clarity wasn't there to to really pick them up and. I'm kind of ripping it in a little bit, just lightly. I went with the six inch because I didn't want a lot of depth, and I had a weed hanging off of this thing. And wouldn't you know it, there was like a a nice three footer. Now most people are like, "Oh, a three footer, that's nothing." Yeah, but when you just got done seeing like low twenties and upper twenties, a three footer is pretty big at this point. And uh, I'm like, "Holy crap, we got four encounters." Basic. I, how, how long of a stretch of river do you think we were in? Oh man. 150 yards you think i was going to probably even tighten it up to probably closer to 30 yard stretch from where you had your encounters oh 
yeah, if we're talking just the musky and not the smallmouth, yeah, we're talking. It was real tight, yeah, because the smallmouth is a little further down. But but from these fish, because we circled around, yeah, maybe fifty yards at the most. Fifty yards, yeah. and we just had action from, you know, we had we had three. I had three encounters. Steve had one, so we had four encounters in this in this section here, mm-hmm. and um, I kept forgetting Steve was throwing baits with a spinning rod. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I just not used to seeing it. Plus he's in fishing the back, I'm fishing the front. I, I very rarely will look behind to kind of fish. You know, like Steve might look up at me a lot more than I look back at him. Mm-hmm. And uh then I hear, you know, you know, you got a fish. I tell us about how this 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 fish hit and you fought it and Well, and so again, I, I, I brought it's funny. So I brought the bait caster with me for some of the heavier lures. I, I like to use that spinning rod for some of the smaller finesse lures. And, and boy, I wish I brought the fly rod. And he told me, no, you can't fly fish this, but it was so beautiful fly fishing. So I didn't have that with me, which I regret, but I was using the spinning rod at this time, real small kind of lure uh, that works well on this rod cast it way out like three cranks in. I, this thing just crushed it. Again, I set the hook, got one, going all over the river goes under the boat pins the spinning rod and i'm thinking decent decent musky you know so but again on the spinning rods <laughs> i was instructed to get the net yeah yeah <laughs> so so i'm fighting this thing and bringing it around the engine and we lift it up and it's like a two-foot northern pike he's like i, I ain't putting that in my net <laughs> <laughs> and you're like i want a photo it's been years since i, like, I need a, a photo of something plus i want my lure back guy i'm not gonna reach over with this thing thrash and try to get my lure out you know so he, he relentlessly put it in the net and it took a crappy hero's shot with a northern pike and took the hook out but uh but yeah so that was that was in that same same exact stretch though co- cohabitating with the the muskies that we saw yeah and i'll i'll be honest like i when you're like watching someone fight a fish you're not really watching the person you're kind of maybe seeing the rod tip and where the line is entering the water and you know things moving and shaking and I couldn't see the fish. And I'm like, this thing's staying down. I'm like, we got a, we got a good one. And like, like you want the net? And you're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like it dives under the boat and I'm like, Oh geez, don't lose it. Like you're, you're getting like, and then all of a sudden there was just like, not that it was a bad, there's nothing wrong with the fish, but it was like, how is it that yeah. we had four encounters right here and you catch the pike? And, yeah. <laughs> and then I look back, I'm like, you're using the spinning. That's why it seemed like a battle. <laughs> Well, you know, and so there's some guys I know that lo- like Northern Pike, and I'm just, you know, when you're fishing for musky, and you get that what you think's a okay fish, and you find out it's a Northern Pike, it's like, wah, wah, wah. yeah, you know, I, I'm you not just, anti-Northern. Well, I, I'm a little more anti-Northern than most, I guess. Um, now, if I was like up in Northern uh, Saskatchewan or something, hitting those bays, catching 45 inch Northerns, I wouldn't be anti-Northern either, but. Uh, but if you're, you know, you're, you're smallmouth fishing and you catch a northern on a $30 jerk bait, you, you hate that because you, you don't want to break off of your musky fishing to catch a northern. So northern for me is always because of what I usually target, um, unfortunately, a disappointing fish. So I know people are going to hate me for that because I know some guys who love fishing for northerns. But, uh, yeah, so long story short, uh, I got my hero shot with a northern, which, uh, you know, is not as elated as the picture might show. But uh, at least it was efficient. But well, and you know, anyways, we had some action, and yeah. 
honestly, like just based off of the time on the water that I have, and I, I'm going to speak for Steve a little bit, that little burst of action, there's nothing. Okay, so here's the takeaway on this because the, the story, let's finish up the story. Then I'm going to do like the little takeaway here. Yeah. We then kind of uh, motor up. And we're going along, and on the way down, I did some scouting to see where the hazards are. And I'm like, okay, we got to make up some time here because the way the day was going, it was perfect. Like, it wasn't hot. Yeah. It Like, we were always in shade. It was it was ideal. Fish were moving, at least in one spot, but your brain starts yeah. thinking, are we just sucking everywhere else? <laughs> I mean, well, like seriously, yeah. <laughs> we we went hours and miles with blank. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and if you remember, even after the pike, I had another follow. So we went, had six encounters. Well, and just we're gonna we're getting up there, and yeah. so we we kind of uh, you know we, we we kind of motor it up and we get going and I'm I'm you know there's really no waves on this river, and I'm I'm going along and I'm look over and I see I'm getting videoed and uh, we're, we're, we're cruising pretty good. And I kind of start like, okay, I, this is a stretch. I can like let this thing spin up a bit and start pushing it. And then, you know, it gets to about 32 and then it drops down to 30, 33, 30, 30. I'm like, man, this thing's surging and I'm like, but it's still running good. And I don't know, whatever. I, I just like, I, I, it's bugging me now. And, um, so, anyways, well, we, it was as we're going though. It was getting more extreme. It, it, to the it was plot. screwing I with you were us. Doing a bit. on purpose. No, yeah. no, I, I, I would. To me, that's a waste of effort. <laughs> but we, uh, <laughs> we, we get to the last spot, the la- the spot that I wanted to check, and uh, I had high hopes for it. The weeds were not there again. My log jam was not there, and just. You know, there was there was a lot of stuff there. And in fact, where a log was, there was a big giant five hundred gallon diesel tank submerged <laughs> in the middle of the creek. Which I I guess I would that's a prop buster because it's, oh, man. it yeah. is it was one of those I'm we're, we're floating up on it, you know, we, we we passed it going upstream and then I drifted over it. We didn't go much further, I was on the electric. And I'm going, I'm like, What the Oh my gosh, that's a steel tank. Yeah. And uh, you know, it just takes a couple seconds to really you know, have the image like, oh, okay, I, I, I can piece what this thing is. And uh, we're, we're kind of uh, fishing in what I call Pike Alley, which I'm not going to go into reason why we call it Pike Alley because um, in the later of my musky fishing career, it ceased to be Pike Alley and became Musky Alley. But um, as we're kind of near the tail end of this and we're kind of saying, yeah, it's about time to go uh, off a really steep, deep ledge. <laughs> you pull the follow off of like a single oh, strand yeah. of weed. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, we're talking, I'm going to say better, at least four miles apart from seeing fish. Yeah. To kind of like, Hey, this, this was a, you know, taking away from all that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't get hooks in anything. The tail on the swimmer got shredded up a bit. You know, I had fish legit hit. Um, yeah. You know, so for the guys that that listen that might not get out much, you know, and you see all these fish photos and what have you, here's my takeaway. I make a lot of baits. I make a lot of rod holders. I talk to a lot of fishermen, um, exchange a lot of stories and stuff. 
most people can tell I don't get to go out that much. And <laughs> it's still, we, I'm going to say collectively, we had a good vibe. Hey, we fished an entire section of river. I could have kept going upstream further, but we, we had time constraints. Yeah. We had action from five, five muskies, like five legit muskies. Yeah. Well, that was like in three hours. I mean, so now that's, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> if we wouldn't have gone to the la- Pike Alley mm-hmm. and had we not, you know, gone to the furthest extremes down to Jimmy's house, that's the difference of being like, hey, this really sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause it, yeah. And we would have gone zero encounters if we didn't go to those two extremes. <laughs> zero encounters on everything. Yeah. And it was it, it made you feel good. You're like, you know what? We grounded out. We found where the fish were. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen, but it kind of did. Hey, this, well, is, like this I said, isn't so the, bad. Yeah. Now, the, the first fish that I hooked, again, was that small muskie. And, and yeah, I don't know why I lost. I just suck. So, in theory, we could have had the, the net. Um, it's just... Yeah, but but you're right. So the hookups, the fights, actually landing in the northern, uh, the follows, watching them come in, you know, yes, satisfying for the short stint. At least enough to say, man, I really want to go back, you know. That, that kind of draw to, uh, was there, so it was good. Yeah, and again, it, it I was satisfied. Like, hey, yeah, I don't want to say I still got it, but I didn't lose it all. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah, it's pretty easy. I don't want to. I don't want to like really simplify this. Like, if you're on a lake, let's just say you have a hundred acre lake, and you're dead nuts in the middle. There's almost an infinite number of ways that you could go from that circle. Yeah. In a river, there's two ways: upstream or downstream. Yeah. <laughs> Not many options. Not many options, but there are times that it gets in your head that you're like. It's not going to happen here. Go to the next hole. I don't have, it's not this one. And you can just start not effectively fishing. Yeah. And if I was alone, I probably would have been discouraged and said, what am I doing? I could have been doing something productive. What am I doing this for? For another 36 inch photo that I won't take and shake off at the side of the boat. And, (laughs) but in, in this instance, it was like that 36 was a pretty cool fish. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that pike that added a little bit of flair to it. So it, it it was fun. It was refreshing. Yeah. uh, It's nice to see something. And, uh, but anyways, now, now we got work to do. Get get back to the house. Steve goes on his merry way. I, I pull the motor cover off my boat and I'm like, I got to figure this one out. Um, I want to take this thing on Erie and, and actually not be worried about the motor shutting off. So, I start looking at it and I start thinking back. So if you go way back in the podcast, a couple, three years, when I got the boat, it had that surging issue. And this is what bothers me was I'm like, I replaced the fuel line from the tank. I replaced all the fuel line under the hood, you know, like everything going, you know, from, uh, main connection in from like fuel pump to the carbs, all the carb lines. I've replaced the fuel pump. I, re- I cleaned the filters, the new fuel water separate. The whole fuel system was practically redone with brand new lines. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I don't think I put 100 gallons through this. This is starting to bother me. So I'm like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm like, you know what? 
I don't think I've changed these spark plugs. And it, it, it was just a desperation thing. So I just go ahead and I open up my little toolbox that I keep there. I'm like, hey, I got some I got some plugs right here. I wonder if they're the same. I bust off the, you know, take off the motor hood, take the spark plugs out, and they were one heat number less. And I'm like, I don't think that's really going to matter. I think it was like a BP-8 I took out with something else, and this was like a BP-7. Uh, whatever. So I check the gap on one of them. I gap all the plugs. I throw them, throw them into the motor and tighten them up. A little bit later, Steve comes over with his boat. So going back when we did the test drive, I'm like, okay, here's what I'm going to try to do. I want to go ahead and I want to check, check compression on all the cylinders to kind of rule out if there's a cylinder that's, you know, like in really bad shape. And then I have to break the news to Steve or, um, <laughs> and then I'm also going to check spark on all of these. Then we also had another project, which was operation, get the nine, nine off of back of Steve's boat. Yep. Um, because you just, you're sitting so low in the water in the back with all that extra weight, the, the jack plate, we're, we're going to, we're going to really do a facelift to this boat. So he, he backs the boat in, you know, we pop the hood off. I, um, take all the plugs out, but I kept them in, in order from the cylinders, how they came out. So if I'm looking at the, looking at the motor, I'm standing facing the, I'm behind the motor, like where the prop would push water on me. So I'm looking at the cylinders. So top right, I called one, one, three, five odds are on the right. Evens are on the left. It's a V six. Um, I take out number one. I set it on his back deck, take out number three, set it underneath it, take out number five, set it. And then on, you know, for the, I think I said that backwards. So on the left side now it's two, four, six, I take out two, set it down for blah, blah, blah. And then I, take my compression gauge. I put it in number one. I'm like, okay, crank it cranks it. It's like 115. It's like 115, 115, 118, 100 and, you know, 15, 118, 115. They were all right there. I'm like, well, this, this is encouraging. When I was taking out the plugs, I, I looked at number one and it looked, it looked sooty. It looked black and wet. I'm like, Hmm, take out number three. I'm like, Oh, it's tan and dry. I'm like, I like that. And I'm already thinking, like, I found I found the issue. <laughs> Take out number five, and it's black and wet. Take out number, you know, I look at number two, black and wet, four, black and wet, six, black and wet. I'm like, this is insane. Are We, we can't be running on one cylinder. This is nuts. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put plug one with, with, with uh, cylinder one. You know, put it in the plug, ground it out on the head, crank, crank the engine. He cranks it, perfect spark. I'm like, that's interesting. Put in number three, you know, the order, you know, the order I took it out, put in number three, crank it, nothing. What? That's the clean one. The clean one. Like, nah, like, you know, we jiggle around, hit it again. Didn't, didn't go. I then take that plug, put it in cylinder one, crank it. It sparked. No, it didn't spark. No, nothing. And I'm like, what? So then I grabbed cylinder one's plug, put it in cylinder three, crank it, it fires. I'm like, well, okay. I found a dead spark plug. And this thing threw me for a loop. We go through all the cylinders, everything sparks. We check mm-hmm. number three again, and it just doesn't spark. Nope. So, um, basically, we're like, "Hey, let's." Um, your coils are working. Ignitions are working. What did I grab? I grabbed one of my old plugs 
and it sparked. Yeah. Now, these plugs were not the same. His motor's a VMAX. Mine's just a regular working man's thing. And uh, his, <laughs> his, his, plug, his plugs are fancy schmancy. Mine are very layman. And I put them in. I'm like, let's put, the, let's, let's put the muffs on this thing. And I, I put the plug in. It doesn't have as long electrode and all this stuff, but at least it's going to spark. And we yeah. put it all in there. We put the muffs on it. And uh, she had a gur when, when she fired. Yeah. And it's like, hey, we figured it out. Uh, we call the local uh, parts store here. I said, hey, do you happen to have this this NGK number? And they're like, no, but we can get it tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. They're like, but here's the bad news. You need to order four of them. And I'm like, well, here's the good news. I need six of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to replace them all at this point. And then point. Steve's like, hey, order seven. And I'm like, hey, can we get seven? He goes, no, all they have is six. I'm like, well, I guess we lucked out. They're like, they'll be here by one tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So Now, so in the meantime, that means I somewhat don't have a boat for that evening. It doesn't and matter so because... Where- you're coming. Well, and that's me. where Andy says, "Well, listen, I might have just fixed mine. Let's let's do an evening walleye trip." So yeah, so this was a heck of a day we had, huh? <laughs> this 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 was a killer of a day, and uh, so anyways, he pulls the boat off and you know with the car off into the side yard. There, we hook up the thing, and I'm like, "This is it. I'm going to show you where the promised land is. We're gonna we're gonna catch these fish, and you know we we get up there, we get out to where they should be." Womp womp, nothing. I mean, I get on the horn with my buddy who launched about a half hour before me. I'm like, "How you doing?" And he's like, "We've got one." And I'm like, no. "Serious?" And for the next hour or so, getting, I'm like, you know, you, you kind of now want to keep your head in the game, so you make it like this competition. You really don't. The other person doesn't know about, and you're like, "Hey, we're still in this. We're gonna catch. We're gonna get our limit before them." <laughs> You know, trying to amp ourselves up and like, you know, time passes. I text them. What were you at? One. (laughs) Okay. We're still in this. They're still at one. (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to try deeper. I'm like, I'm deeper than you. He's like, okay. And then finally I'm like, you know what? We're this far out. We're like 60 foot. I'm like, let's go where there's no boats. So we point the bow north. We reel everything in and we fly. We're heading to Canada. We're not going to Canada, but we're heading in Canada's direction. And we finally set up again in like 80 feet of water. And we're far. We're way out there. Like, Well, so if you look at the graph, we were closer to Canada than we were the U.S. <laughs> we were closer out. to Canadian waters than we, yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we were probably, how far do you think we were out? We were probably every bit of 10 miles. Uh, more than that, but yeah. We were, we yeah, were I mean, out uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> sure was, sure was. Anything but a speck. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable swimming, but I could. I felt comfortable pointing where land was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and same thing. The graph was empty. Nothing was hitting. We tried every depth, and we're like, okay, time to head in. You're like, hey, let's uh, let's let's try in like 30 feet of water. And we talked to, talk to my buddy. He's like, hey, we're going to pack this thing up soon. I'm like, okay. So we fly into like 35 foot of water. We got a couple marks and stuff, and we were trolling, and then, you know, we gave it maybe, what, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. We kind of read the writing on the wall, and we're like, hey, yeah. if we leave now, we're not going to be totally screwed from the family. Yeah. But um, yeah. my buddy comes pulling up, but, like, let's let's yank the rods, and we kind of had, like, a parallel boat drive off going into the marina, and 
We got to, you know, well, what's that? Well, and the beautiful thing, though, uh, the good thing of the trip is you, you change your spark plugs not knowing if that would help your surging problem. But, man, we were full bore, and we didn't have any of it. So It, it absolutely cured it. And and it's yeah. just it's it's this wild thing that is seemed to be coming in pairs. And I'll, I'll talk a little more about that here soon. So I'm like, hey, this thing is this thing's firing on all cylinders again. I'm like, I'm I am shocked that that fixed it. Like I was must have been dropping a plug at just high RPM, and it was mm-hmm. kind of coming back on lower. And you know, it's again, it's another thing you're thinking it's fuel issues. We get back to the dock, we BS with my friend, and we head home. And you know, we get decent hour, so everything's good there. And um, I yep. was not to be deterred. I I. I fished morning and evening, and I did not catch a fish. <laughs> you put in the effort, man. That's what counts. Yeah, A for effort, right? Yeah. And uh, you weren't able to really try it until later the next yeah. day? Yeah, so the next day I go to that uh, auto parts store at like 105. The guy has the spark plugs lined up on the counter knowing I'm coming, you know. So I got those and we were able to put them in the boat. And then I said to the girls, hey, let's go out and, and test this out. So take it to the launch, starts up strong, have the girls in. As soon as I get past the wake, man, it's up on plane and like 30 feet. And we're racing back and forth. You know, I'm, I'm now without the 9.9 on it with brand new spark plugs. You know, my, my top was always around 47, I think. Mm-hmm. So with me and my three daughters, Without the, the kicker, we're up at like 49 racing across the, the small lake, kept going back and forth, and they were just having the time of their lives. So it, said, it cured my problem too. So it was, it was the spark plugs, man. It, it, it brought us back to to uh, full service. One of the cheapest, easiest repairs you could do. Yeah, I know. And uh, So as I spent weeks wondering and worrying how expensive this repair would be, uh, it's down to six spark plugs. And it, it was basic back. general maintenance. Yeah, yeah. So, so don't don't sleep on your spark plugs, folks. <laughs> and uh, yeah. not to be outdone, I went to bed. I woke up the next morning at two thirty, and Steve says I just can't do it. So I went out by myself again, and I I was you know in, I'm going to get this done. So I go out there, and I this was weird. I was the second boat at the launch mm-hmm. but the one trailer that was there looked dry like there wasn't a mm. water stain underneath it so I launched I'm like well I'm the first boat and uh there so was, there's someone lost at sea from the day before is what you're saying <laughs> I don't know like what was happening I, I I'm like okay whatever I'm by myself you know I, I get in the boat I start it up and I start putting out and I another guy come pulling in a big big giant boat I snap on my inflatable life vest. I, I do wear that if anyone's, you know, if it's dark and I'm by myself on Erie, even if it's like daytime, I still might wear it. Um, I do want to go home. I don't care how stupid I look. Um, it's, it's a belt belt style one. I just getting it snapped as I'm clearing, you know, turning out of the marina and getting in the channel to go out. And I see a red and green light coming at me. What the heck? I'm I'm no wake and I'm I'm staying in my lane, coming going out. This guy's coming in with like a sixteen, seventeen foot of like aluminum boat. I don't know what it was. 
and he yells at me. He goes, 30 foot of water, you'll get your limit fast. <laughs> this dude's done. <laughs> but he, it's 345, and I'm heading out again. This guy's coming in. Like, when did he launch? Did he launch at midnight? <laughs> Which? He, he's a six-by-three kind of guy, not this six-by-six six stuff. <laughs> it has me rethinking some things. What if, now, Steve, entertain this. What if, instead of trying to wake up at 2.30, we just don't go to bed and we launch at midnight? I'm in. That's easier for me. Because it's easier to stay awake, and especially if it fell on like a full moon. Yeah. You can see a lot of stuff on a lake. And and generally when there's no waves, there's no clouds. Yeah. And that guy could have very well been like, you know, I'm going to go out here. I'm just going to kind of camp out and... And, you know, I'm running everything off of headlamps anyway. So yeah. it had my me, me thinking. So anyways, I kind of go where I was at that Monday. and mm-hmm. I. But, you know, during the week, there were some really big blow, northeast blows that just kind of mess up, mess up where, like, the, the patterns are. And so I kind of start in, like, that 30, 35 foot of water where he says and, and, and about shallower where I, than where I was at on Monday. And, you know, I had, you know, a hit bring a fish in and I'm like, Hey, this is great. I caught one, you know, pretty quick. It was 15 and a half. And just I'm like, made it. it just made it. And I'm, I, I have a decision to make. I'm like, I know I'm going to get a bunch of 17s, 18s, 22s, 23s, you know, the, the year classes. And I'm like, hmm, do I really want to bring home this little bugger? <laughs> You're so like, <laughs> I, I made a decision, and I threw it back. Little did I know. I kept fishing, and, you know, I picked one up, you know, this and that, and things started getting tough, and it started getting later. And I finally got onto a spot to where it was the only bait getting hit was bringing in 14 inches. <clears throat> like... A lot of them. I'd set it out. I'd, I'd close the bale, and I'm like, might as well count to 10 because that thing's going to go off. Okay, there it is. Reel it in, 14-incher. Set it out, reel it in, 14-incher. And I'm like, <laughs> starting to sweat. I got like one or two in the box, and I'm like, man, I could have been half done. What What was I doing? I, I'm like, I'm going to move a little deeper. I move a little deeper, and you know, I'm picking away at these fish so slowly. And then all of a sudden, the, the a flat line just, buckles and i'm like this is the one i want i jump up and i'm fighting it staying down thump 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 and i'm like yes this is this is it and i'm getting it closer getting it 250 foot back is a long way back to bringing a heavy like i'm slowing it down i'm shutting the motor off i'm i'm I'm, you know pulsing it so i'm not going to drag these dipsies and it's staying down it gets to the motor i get the net out and it's a freaking boone and crockett sheep head (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh! And it has like three trebles in its face. There's no shaking this thing off. So I have to net this big slimy puking thing. I get it in the boat, and I get two of them out. I grab the last hook with the pliers. I pick up, and I hang it off the side of the boat. I give it that one shake, and it flops in. And there's like puke and like vomit and poop all over the back deck. And I'm just like, I can't believe this. So. I I basically started to go into survival mode. 
I'm like, I'm hitting fish here. I'm hitting fish a little bit south of me, shallower. I moved out to like 45-ish feet. And if you look at my graph, typically when I'm trolling Erie, it's in a long lines with an occasional 180 turn. This is like a kid was dotting an I, like a first grader. It's all <laughs> scribbled in one little circle. Because I could run everything tight, I would just start, like, no one was really near me. I would keep crisscrossing this, and I was catching I was catching fish. Sometimes it was a white bass. Sometimes it was a sheephead. Sometimes it's a sublegal. Sometimes it's illegal. And I'm sitting down here. I had four fish. Rod goes off. I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I hope it's not a sheephead. Bring in a six-pounder. I'm like, thank God. This thing hit the net. I threw it in there. I'm like man, if I wouldn't have thrown that 15, I would have been heading home and it would have been like 645 or something like that. But you'd have missed the six-pounder, so. Or the six-pounder would have been number six. Well, yeah, but you don't, well, yeah. I would have, I would have yeah. changed You'd have been the done. course You're of right. history. Right. Yep. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> for the next like hour and a half, I was just five. rotting out there. I was, I'm like, I'm going to call it quits. And I'm like, what do I got to do today? Don't stop. Finally, a rod goes off, like, and I reel it in, and it was like a 15 and a half, and it went in the boat. There it is. I'm done. I'm done. I had my redemption. I caught a bunch of fish. Don't get me wrong. But I had looked around, and it's like a lot of people shut down the trolling and were drifting. And when they do that, generally the bite is tough. I caught them going zigzagging back and forth, circling around. I fire up the big motor, power right in, and even still. I mean, I got my fish before 9, which is still pretty good. I mean, but considering I launched before 4 a.m., that's not great. But yeah, I got home. I filleted up some fish. I was happy. I got a big one that kind of made up for the little ones. I had a pretty good average fish of, you know, 17, 18. It was good. Yep. And then uh, the boat sits. That was yep. That was the fishing weekend. We had problems. We fixed problems. There was fish. There was no fish. Yeah. Well, and and so to to bring the podcast back to uh, Muskie, you know, it was my last day before we were going to leave, and I, I finally got the morning to go out with my brand new boat that's now working to do a little fishing on my own, you know. But um, so yeah, so I. I got to, to fish around and, and I put on that uh, purple rain uh, that, that Andy calls purple, purple perch. perch and like first cast, here comes a fish, you know, mid thirties on it. And, and, you know, when you get to those kind of, I wouldn't call smaller fish, I hate to say it, but it's almost like I, I enjoy the follow and kind of went around a few eights and watched him react and he went away. And it was like satisfying to me because I'm thinking, okay, I don't have the, the, the unhooking and all that kind of stuff. So I felt good about it but then you're fishing on and i get another follow and now you're starting kind of like hey this is my last day i'd like to at least get one you know so i kept kept grinding it out and uh man finally about 20 feet out one crushes my lure as soon as i set the hook the head shakes it actually jumps out of the water and you see it's just that one little hook on the side of the mouth thinking oh crud i'm gonna lose it he comes around he jumps again i'm trying to fumble and get the net He's going around the front of the boat, and, and and this isn't with the spinning rod. I got a bait caster on this time, you know. So I'm trying to fight the fish, trying to grab the net. It's catching on everything. The fish goes to the back of the boat. This time he jumps. I mean, higher than the back cover. I mean, there's full aerial again. I see the dang just one hook hanging. 
I'm thinking I'm losing it. I step back, step on my bump board, crack the side off it. Finally get the dumb fish in the net while I'm trying to do solo. And then it's one of those things where I couldn't get the dang hook out. So for what looked like a barely hooked fish. <laughs> you're you're so up. tender and ginger with it and it was never coming undone. Yeah, I could have I could have put the dang thing on free spool and went back a week later and wasn't getting this lure out, you know? Right. But at the intensity of the moment and way it's jumping, you don't know that, you know. So but it felt great to kinda end the day and the week um with that muskie and uh, it was nice to watch them swim away. It's, that's always my favorite part. So, and the, yes, the week was fantastic. Boat got fixed, eased my mind. I actually caught a, a muskie. Uh, didn't catch a walleye, but that's okay. I got to hang out with Andy for a while, so that's always fun. And, and it was it was a good week, man. Yeah, it was. And uh, yeah, you know the the unfortunate thing is is it's kind of like you're riding a high, but you also kind of know like, hey, this might see you again in twelve months. <laughs> Well, and and that's the thing, you know. So I get to go up there every once in a while where where Andy lives to to visit. But it's not like this week where we're both on vacation. We kind of get moments to hang out, and you know, it's like my kids go to bed. Sometimes we hang out in this pool barn, and I get to talk, and we do our fishing trips. So that's the, the part that stinks. I don't think we'll get that chance to kind of hang out like that for for a, a while. And and hopefully it's not twelve months. But you're right. This kind of week is always our opportunity to really do that. So yeah, it, it was, it was a good one that there was, uh, yeah. I, I had caught a break in the action of, uh, some of the stuff that I've been working on a project that I got that has been taking a lot of, a lot of my time and effort and I'm kind of in limbo and, uh, you know, but it's back to the grindstone there. And you also, uh, on, on that last day you did the bait, you, you tested all the baits for the bait reviews. I did do that. Yeah, it was and fun too. So, um, kind of giving you all the listeners out there a little tentative schedule here uh more than likely in two weeks we will not be doing a show because in three weeks uh we have uh jim sarek scheduled to be on the following podcast after that are going to be bait reviews so uh we have three shows for that um but that's kind of our uh our schedule at this point i mean things can change because people's schedules change but um that's kind of where we're sitting and uh, it should be fun. So uh, yeah, it'll be good. Some good shows you got coming up. So yeah. So uh, anyways, with that, if you're done, we'll wrap this up. I guess I'm done. All right. <laughs> I got no more fishing stories, man. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much can dump my whole fishing, my fishing years worth of fishing in a half, yeah, one a, show. Half a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, we'll, we'll fill up another show next year. <laughs> yeah. It, it was good. Oh, so I wanted to talk about the thing of twos. I do have a little bit more. Okay. So um, I'm going to skip the whole long story leading up to it. There was a uh, a uh, a person that reached out that was looking to get some uh, die, you know, to kind of diagnose leaky rivets and stuff on on a on a haul of a boat. And you know, we do see this occasionally at the shop. Not not like so much with AZ, but at, at the uh, the the welding machine shop that that I'm part of and. Um, you know, we got that taken care of Monday, Tuesday of this week, which is not the week of the fourth. And um, just like at work, we had a couple people, couple local farmers that bring in uh, parts from their hay balers, like two of them in one day. Like, what's going on here? And then we had two enclosed trailers. And then we got this boat in and, you know, I, I had scheduled this boat as a priority and we made sure we, we got all that 
straighten around. And today I had another guy come in with the same brand of boat with a leaky rivet. That he no wants. way. Yes. Did he talk to the first guy or is this nope. two separate incidents? Two separate incidents don't even live near each other. But here's the interesting part. This guy that came in, I kind of took him as a part-time fisherman a, a year or two ago. We did do some stuff on his boat a year or two ago. But since he he came in today at work and he was asking about, hey, when can we schedule this? This is what I got going on, blah, blah, blah. And can you make me a battery tray? And this guy is not a musky fisherman. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, yeah, I probably can. What do you got going on? He goes, well, I upgraded my 24-volt Tarova to a 36-volt Tarova. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I bought a 36-volt lithium battery. Oh, man. Envious of this guy. And I'm, I'm like, holy crap. And he showed me a photo of it and how it fits. And it's going to kind of get wedged into this battery compartment. And he, he kind of needs this this uh tray to kind of be a little bit bigger so we're gonna we're gonna get it in there for him and so he went he said like this battery weighs like 60 pounds and he's gonna be taking out he'll be running 36 volts on like a 60 pound battery Uh, don't quote me on 60 pounds and then he'll be taking out like an he had two group 31 lead acids in it jeez so not only is he getting more power but he's also like a hundred pounds less weight in the bow. Yeah. Now he did say, he goes, I am going to run all of my graphs because it, he, I saw a quick picture when he was scanning through stuff. He upgraded all of his graphs. He's getting a dedicated 12 volt lithium in Mm. the front for the graphs. Then he has his 36 volt for the trolling motor. Then he has two batteries in the back cranking. And then what's good. Then it also be the rest of the accessories. And he's like, mm. these batteries are too expensive, but eventually I'm going to go ahead and replace those with lithiums. Yeah. Man, I feel them. I've talked before about this. I'm I'm, I'm dying to, to make the jump. Dang, the investment. Yeah. yeah. But, mm. I mean, yeah. I, at this point, until my batteries go, I'm not going to throw away good batteries for new. Yeah, but you, you know my boat. I run so many graphs. That gone, it, it's half a day, and, and I'm, I'm jumping it off the starter because they're off the trolling motor batteries. So I, I got to do something, but yeah. So, so, long, so did you fix, did you get to fix this guy's rivets or are they still coming in? He's uh, we, we scheduled it to where he's going to be going out of town for a couple of days. He's going to drop it off before he yeah. leaves. And that gives us a couple of days to work it in. He already has it marked. We just got to go ahead, drill it out, clean drill it up, out, yeah. seal it, rivet it, and then make this <laughs> battery tray, put this thing in. This is, this one's going to be an easy one. And, I just uh, can't believe it's the same though. Same issue, same boat. <laughs> and then you go back to the spark plug issues. Yeah. Same boats. Yeah. Yep. Like, and it's like same issues, like slightly different motors, but yeah. Anyways, crazy. That's crazy, stuff. man. Yeah. So, hmm. all right. Big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Vix Marine, Ranger Boats, and Aqua Traction. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. A little bit of break of, uh, you know, the, the normal here, but, uh, yeah, anyways, we had fun. I hope uh, everyone's out there catching fish, having a good time. Um, thanks for listening, and good luck. <laughs>